0: Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. I want to talk about Mikhail Gorbachev later on in the program, among other things. But before I do, Joe Biden is going to go to Philadelphia in the next few days. I understand. Stand out in front of Independence Hall give a speech about how democracy is endangered. Not by China. Not by a nuclearized Iran. Not by Russia. But by Republicans. By conservative Republicans. By Trump supporting Republicans, or DeSantis reporting Republicans, or you name it. The same Joe Biden who accused Republicans who were changing their election laws back to the pre-virus period and yet quite liberalized nonetheless of supporting Jim Crow. Last week he tried the line that Republicans were out to destroy Social Security and Medicare. The same Joe Biden who a few years back talked about how Mitt Romney wanted to keep you all in chains when he was talking to a black group. Or the same Joe Biden who said if you don't vote for him, you're not black. Or the same Joe Biden earlier in his Senate career who built alliances with flat-out racist segregationists. Steniston Eastland from Mississippi. Who talked about integration as creating a jungle. The same Joe Biden. Who sought to destroy. The good name, the good life, the good career, the character. Of the second. Black person to be nominated to the United States Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas who tried to destroy one of the most brilliant men ever nominated to be on the Supreme Court, Bob Bork. The same Joe Biden who has been a chameleon throughout his life, moving from one issue to another depending on what the politics hold. The same Joe Biden who lies every other breath about his childhood, about his early career, in college and law school, when he ran for president in 1988, and of course now. The same Joe Biden, has cut every corner to enrich himself and his family, who's such a coward, such a brazen coward. He puts his son, Hunter, out front as the fall guy who's actually bringing in the money for him and the rest of the family. From communist China, fascistic Russia, and God knows where else. Tens of millions. Joe Biden has used public office to enrich himself, to empower himself, to promote himself. And now he wants to go down in history, as a great legend. And in order to do that, he understands who writes the history books. He understands who writes the obituaries. He understands who makes the movies. And so he's advised by a couple of crackpots dressed up as historians, that the way to do that is to embrace the Marxist forces within the Democrat Party. It's to move further left than Franklin Roosevelt ever did. It's to use unconstitutionally executive orders and to turn American against American. Now if it is in front of Independence Hall where he's to speak, that is a place I am extraordinarily familiar with. I walked those grounds over and over and over again as a young man. And there are plaques in the ground. Showing where Abraham Lincoln spoke. Where John Kennedy spoke. Others spoke there as well. Calvin Coolidge. Ronald Reagan. But the president who spoke there before Biden... Who's most like Biden was Woodrow Wilson. And there Wilson stood in front of that hallowed hall where the Declaration of Independence was written and approved, where the Constitution of the United States was drafted and adopted. That location. Woodrow Wilson sat there stood there and essentially denounced the declaration Said forget about the front the early part of the declaration that everybody reads That doesn't mean anything Unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness Forget about all that It's the second half of the document that matters second half, where the colonists listed their complaints. That's what we progressives, as they call themselves, and he was one of the early intellectual movers behind it, that's what we progressives embrace from the Constitution. Not this nonsense about God-given natural rights and natural law and unalienable rights. That's all swell, But it's the second part, the grievances. We are here to address grievances. Therefore, even though the Constitution attempts to limit us, we can't address grievances with the limitations placed on us by the Constitution. The Democrat Party was born in hatred for America. It was born in hatred for freedom. It was born in hatred for equality. It was born in propaganda and demagoguery. It was born in violence. And it has clearly lived up to that heritage today. Today. Joe Biden's a throwback. He's a throwback. To Stennis Denislin. He's a throwback to the early Democrat Party. He'll embrace a Marxist ideology. He will use demagoguery. He will use propaganda. He will try to inflame and upset and anger people. Because for Joe, the ends justify the means. He's not an intelligent man, quite the opposite. He's not a moral man. Never was. He's not a man of deep faith, despite what he says, given his support for abortion right up to the last minute. He's not a man who believes in the rule of law, or that it should apply to him, whether in his official duties with the southern border wide open in violation of Existing immigration laws and the various other challenges he's made that have had to be addressed by courts, but in his private life, the corruption that is the Biden family. He's a man of small character, of small mind, of small thoughts like so many power-hungry politicians. So he will go to Independence Hall. And the vial that he will spew, at that beautiful place, will besmirch it. He'll go to Independence Hall, where he and his party Have essentially denounced most of the men who stood there and put their lives on the line and declared independence on behalf of the colonies against the most powerful military force on the face of the earth. And yet he rejects them. At least he does now. He rejects them, he rejects what they created. The media are talking about how he's going to warn that the Republicans will destroy the country, they will destroy democracy, in a primetime nationwide address. And you watch how the media cover this. It's nothing but a, a sleazy street politician soapbox speech. But you watch. Donald Trump had to beg the networks to cover his speeches. For the most part, they didn't. they give voice to this demagogue he served as vice president under one of the most divisive presidents in american history barack obama we still have not recovered from the obama president his people populate the highest ranks of the biden government you can see the consequences the president has over 3,000 political appointees, there's over 3,000 counter-revolutionaries in this government at the highest levels. They're doing everything humanly possible, day and night, to destroy the essence and the core of this nation. And yet he's going to show up in front of Independence Hall and tell you it's the Republicans. The Republicans don't control the House, the Republicans don't control the Senate, the Republicans don't control the White House, the Republicans don't control a single bureaucracy, the Republicans don't control any of these major cities that have inflicted suicide-like wounds against themselves. The Republicans, at least for now, when it comes to our cities and Washington are utterly powerless but it'll be the Republicans. It'll be the Republicans who wouldn't fund the cops. Why? Because they didn't vote for a 1.9 trillion dollar big government package and yet as the great John Lott points out among others the language that they point to in this bill didn't require localities and states to spend money on police officers but it doesn't matter press aren't going to read it. They're going to regurgitate it. That $1.9 trillion did not fund police. And it never came down to money. It was never said that New York didn't have enough money. That Minneapolis didn't have enough money. That L.A. didn't have enough money. They slashed their police budgets. They were defunding the police. It wasn't about money. Now they want to hire 100,000 cops over the next five years. And yet they're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents immediately. I'm on to these people. A lot more when I return. I'll be right back.
2: Mark Lubin.
0: Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty. Presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today. At Levin for Hillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale A senior aide to President Joe Biden. This is July 6, 2021. Factcheck.org. D'Angelo Gore. Misleadingly claimed that Congressional Republicans defunded the police when they voted against the American Rescue Plan Act. Remember that $2 trillion, $1.9 trillion bill? House and Senate Republicans didn't support the legislation, but it wasn't a vote to cut or eliminate federal funding from law enforcement. And yet, Biden keeps saying this over and over again, because he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a sleazy politician. Cedric Richmond, a senior advisor to the president, director of Washington White House Office for Public Engagement, made the claim during a June 27 interview on Fox News Sunday. Richmond was referring to $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package that Biden signed into law on March 11. As the U.S. economy continued to rebound from the coronavirus pandemic, the bill was passed in both houses of Congress with only Democrat support. Richmond's claim suggests that Republicans voted to cut or reduce existing federal funding to police departments, which is what some who truly want to defund the police advocate. That's not what happened. It included hundreds of billions in additional economic relief for individual and small businesses, direct stimulus payments, expanded unemployment benefits, provided $350 in emergency funds to help state, county, and city tribal governments make up for revenue that was lost during pandemic. There was absolutely no requirement that one penny be used on police or firefighters or anybody else. Not one penny i'll be right back (music) folks back in the good old days we americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love too often today we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not about whether we should love america or be ashamed of it the reason for this is simple for too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at LevinForHillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. He's driving
2: the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage.
0: 877-381-3811. Now, when you get angry when you hear Biden call your names or lie about who's undermining this country's institutions. This should invigorate you and energize you, not just to vote, but to make sure people in your circle vote too, and to punish them. Cut 15, go. A
3: safer America requires all of us to uphold the rule of law, not the rule of any one party or any one person. Let's be clear, you hear some of my friends in the other team talking about political violence and how it's... That's
0: not... Lindsey Graham didn't promote violence. This is how they try to destroy people. Lindsey Graham made an observation. He said, if you indict Donald Trump, there's going to be rioting or violence, that sort of thing. He didn't encourage it. It's clear he didn't encourage it. He made an observation. The Democrats do this all the time. In fact, when we actually have riots and violence, they are very unlikely to condemn it. Joe Biden didn't condemn what took place in the summer of 2020. He made one statement after he was pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed. He didn't make it a big issue. He didn't make it a big issue. He wasn't concerned about it. His party supported it calling federal law enforcement in Portland trying to defend their courthouse stormtroopers. So did James Kleinberg, stormtroopers. Stormtroopers are Nazis. Stormtroopers were part of the, the elite Nazi regime police force, secret police, like the SS. That's what they did. Cut 16, go. So let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends and Congress. You don't have any MAGA Republican friends, you moron. You have very few friends to begin with. Even Democrats are running from you. Especially the women and the young girls who don't want you massaging their necks and backs as you inhale and smell their hair. Go ahead. Don't tell me you support law enforcement. If you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. They do condemn what happened on January 6th in terms of the violent rioters. But they condemn you, your party, the media, and the Department of Injustice for going after individuals who did not commit acts of violence or physical crimes. And don't tell me what not to tell you, pal tough guy, while you're walking into walls. Cut 17, go. Now it's sickening to see the new attacks on the FBI. You know what's amazing about this? The left used to attack the FBI all the time, including the Democrat Party. He doesn't say it's sickening to attack the Supreme Court. He doesn't say it's sickening to attack Supreme Court justices. He doesn't tell his Democrat Party mobsters to lay off the justices. He stokes it. There was an excellent piece in The Federalist by Christopher Bedford. The short life and amazingly fast death of the FBI's Mar-a-Lago play. And I don't agree with that point, but I agree with most of the rest. He says the FBI's news cycle just ain't the same as it once was. Mere moments after the Department of Justice and FBI released the nearly completely redacted affidavit they used to justify raiding former President Trump's home. Their super-duper secrecy was the subject of widespread ridicule. They didn't even catch a full minute's peace. No Republican senators rushed to the defense, though a few were notably quiet. There was no let's wait and see from the usual deep state apologists. Instead, both Republican politicians and center-right media were quick to hit back against what they correctly viewed as a middle finger to both the court that ordered the affidavits release and the American people who expect transparency when the state raids its political opponents. But of course, my, ladies and gentlemen, I would say Biden has no problem with it because he controls it. Instead, both Republican politicians and center right hit back. It's good to see. He says it's strong and healthy that not all Americans are not along when the FBI targets former presidents, murmuring that he must have done something wrong. This wasn't always the case, though. Just a few years ago, the Department of Justice would enjoy the benefit of the doubt from voters and politicians alike. Seven short years ago, we would have wondered what Trump had done that was so bad the straight shooters at DOJ couldn't even tell us. Today, a plurality of independent voters, a strong majority Republican voters, and 20% of Democrats believe the DOJ and FBI, quote, are too political, corrupt, and not to be trusted, unquote, according to Trafalgar group polling. The impact of this shift and the boost it brings to the republic's health is measurable in the speed of the news cycles covering the latest twists and turns. Years ago, when the attacks on then candidate Trump first began with articles the FBI placed in Mother's Jones and Yahoo News before using those articles to corroborate, quote, unquote, and justify an FBI investigation, Republicans squirmed and called for more time. Center-right reporters and pundits cringed and wondered, and the American people worried that Trump might have a dangerous relationship with the Kremlin. But as the years wore on, and the Trump administration came into office, the scandal expanded. General and National Security Advisor Michael Flynn resigned under a cloud of FBI-induced suspicion. A year later, he was framed for allegedly lying to now disgraced FBI agent Peter Stroke. It would take two years before transcripts were made public that showed special investigator Robert Mueller's team had lied to the public about the very basis of the FBI's investigation into the general. Weeks after Flynn resigned, the FBI Democrat and media-driven Russian narrative took another head when Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused himself from the case. Sessions, you see, was a good Republican. He trusted the FBI and the reporting he'd read in the media. He even wondered if he'd fallen afoul of the law by speaking to the Russian ambassador in a D.C. handshake line. The following month, Sessions' deputy appointed special counsel Mueller to lead the investigation of just how treasonous President Trump really was. His investigation would eventually come to naught because there was no Russian collusion to be found. But while it went on, while the Steele dossier was exposed as a laughable hoax, while well, FBI informant Stephen Halper's lies fell apart, while well, media report by media report were proven false, the majority of the so called good Republicans and a good number of center right reporters and pundits remained silent. Let the investigation run its course, they said, because they believed the investigators. Decent number among them who hated their new president even hoped the investigators were right. The shadow of Mueller hung over the president for a full two years before the big day, when the man America had trusted to expose all the evil doings of the president was exposed on national television as a clueless man with no evidence for the charges and early symptoms of dementia. Neither the Democrats nor their media friends were done, however. And less than two months after the final collapse of the Mueller probe, They launched a new round of investigations, this time into the president's dealings with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. For months, the investigation dragged on, while leakers and Democrat politicians rotated through the media, dropping false accusations and making terrible predictions. Let the investigation run its its course, a smaller but still prominent number of Republicans and center-right pundits said, because once again, they believe the investigators. Once again... Those among them who hated the president even hoped the investigators were right. But five years in, the spell was breaking. In the end, it came down to a vote, where Nancy Pelosi's Democratic House impeached the president on partisan lines and the Republican Senate acquitted him, with only Republican Mitt Romney joining the Democrats in their guilty votes. Ever-loyal Mitt was still a good Republican. Along the way, lie after lie and hoax after hoax was thrown the Republicans' way. Justice Brett Kavanaugh was a gang rapist. Trump was ignoring Russian murder bounties on American soldiers, and on and on. Each time, fewer and fewer Republicans and center-right pundits went along. Each time, the good Republicans made more of a mockery of themselves and their much-cited so-called principles. Each time, the movie was a little shorter. The years that Democrats and the FBI had once had to peddle their lives had turned into mere months. The suspicion didn't stop the lies, of course, but when the FBI finally raided the president's own, they found those months had turned to mere hours. Where Republican leaders who hated Trump, like Mitch McConnell, were still willing to give the feds a few days. Within hours of the raid, Republicans as mainstream as Marco Rubin, as pro FBI as Lindsey Graham, were denouncing the FBI. In this new atmosphere, the movie played in fast forward. When the DOJ's accusations of misplaced records met broad skepticism, they morphed into accusations of active Russian treason. No one was buying a ticket this time though, and by the time a judge forced the FBI to release the affidavit they used to justify the raid, expectations were low. And when the FBI finally released its joke of an affidavit, and I would add with all its redactions, its antics had become a full-blown internet meme. It's generally a dangerous thing for a public to distrust its institutions, but in this case it's just the opposite. The reality is, while the FBI has indeed accomplished a thing or two in the near century, it's existed in the modern form. It's always been highly politicized. More than 70 years ago, then-Congressman Richard Nixon did not trust the FBI with the damning evidence he gathered to indict top State Department official Alger Hiss as a communist spy because he knew they'd bury the embarrassing facts to protect the administration. More than 50 years ago, the FBI bugged Senator Barry Goldwater's campaign phones and placed a spy on the team he'd built to defeat President Lyndon Johnson. The same year, they sent a letter to Dr. Martin Luther King and his wife, seemingly implying he should commit suicide within 34 days and threatening to expose tape recordings of his multiple sexual affairs if he did not. In 1975, the FBI had become so politicized and its use of power so abusive the Senate launched the Bipartisan Church Committee to investigate theirs and other American intelligence community abuses. Among the Senate investigators, Barry Goldwater and fellow conservative icon, Senator John Tower. And in the years that followed, a chastised FBI would shift its focus to law enforcement over intelligence gathering, a transformation that was rapidly reversed after the 9-11 attacks, Today's FBI carries the institutional distortion this change brought down on the institution. In other words, he's saying they, they do domestic intelligence gathering. Politicians such as former Vice President Mike Pence might still believe that public skepticism of long politicized law enforcement is a threat to our country. But neither history nor more recent facts bear them out. Republican midwits can cite law in order to justify their servility and their ambitions all they like. In a healthy country, the people are deeply skeptical of opaque power, especially when it's repeatedly used to lie and persecute political opponents. We're far from the healthy today, but a collective laugh at FBI's joke of an affidavit is a long-needed step in the right direction. Christopher Bedford is a senior editor of the Federalist Vice Chairman of the Young Americans for Freedom, board member of the Daily Caller News Foundation and a thousand other things it's an exceptional piece and it replies to Joe Biden even before Joe Biden spewed his stupidity and his poison you see ladies and gentlemen don't question the government when the Democrats are in control and destroy the Republicans when they're in control from time to time that's the view. That's it. I'll be right back.
2: love, lovin'.
0: Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Let me tell you uh, about the Democrats and quote-unquote democracy. They unleashed the IRS against the Tea Party in 2010. Their IRS leaks former President Trump's tax returns, or at least some of them. Their FBI creates an entire lie and scenario, violates the FISA laws, leaks to the media, commits obstruction, nobody goes to prison. They now ransacked a former president's house, with a pretext, which violates the Fourth Amendment, among other things. They prosecute former President Trump's staff, two of them, for contempt of Congress. You've never heard of that before. They place them in handcuffs, in one case, leg irons. You have a Democrat judge, Jackson, District Court, D.C., appointed by Obama, who puts... Paul Manafort in solitary confinement for eight months who prevents Roger Stone from speaking in his own defense and on his own behalf publicly while the government keeps leaking against him they use his SWAT teams to serve subpoenas SWAT teams to arrest people that confronts lawyers who worked for President Trump in the campaign with subpoenas and takes their iPhones. No care about attorney-client privilege or anything else. That's their democracy, ladies and gentlemen. Hundreds of people prosecuted who were not violent. Who didn't break a damn thing on January 6th. Joe Biden won't talk about them. The Democrats won't talk about them. The media won't talk about them. What are their names? Where are they? What's their status? Nobody cares. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter, a complete scam, anti-Semitic, pro-Marxist, hate America, complete scam, raise $90 million, tax cheats. And we could go on and on, couldn't we, ladies and gentlemen? Why is the border open? That's an attack on democracy. Why are Title IX being destroyed under the Civil Rights Act so women's sports is no longer women's sports? What's that attack on democracy? The attempt to nationalize our elections, isn't that an attack on democracy? And I could go on and on, and this jackass... This sleazy, fraud, moronic politician. He's a great lawyer after World War II and the Holocaust, during the prosecutions. And he said, when you point a finger at somebody, you're pointing three fingers at yourself. That's Joe Biden. I want to return to a point I mentioned early in the first hour which is Hunter Biden is the fall guy for Joe Biden. Nobody's really looking into this. I'm going to explain this when we come back. Joe Biden is such a coward. He'll let his son take the fall for what he has benefited from. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Our number is 877 381 awful lot of people have died in the streets controlled by the Democrat Party and their anti-police policies. And then here comes the sleazy lifetime politician out of Delaware, Joe Biden who lied his way into office way back when, and lies in office. And he has a proposal. It's time to fund the police. Fund the police. Fund the police. Well, why do you need to fund the police? I thought they were funded. No, 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 they weren't funded. And the reason is, ladies and gentlemen, because his party defunded them, slashed their budgets. It was never an issue of not enough money. These Democrat mayors, these Democrat councilmen and women, and it's, these Democrat governors, it wasn't for a lack of money, they had plenty of money. But they turned on the cops, because it was the end thing to do. They turned on, their, on the cops. They let their cities burn. Even today, with the sucker punching. With the store robberies. There aren't enough cops. Not because there's not enough money. There's just too damn many Democrats running these cities. And Joe Biden can get up there and do his Mr. McGoo act. All of a sudden, they want 100,000 cops. 60 days before the midterm elections. And they don't want them right away, mind you. They want them over five years, which means you'll never see 100,000 cops. But it's not a matter of funding. There's hundreds of billions of dollars sitting out there. And here's the irony. This stupid old guy runs around and says, the Republicans voted against cops. I just explained to you last hour why that's a lie. 1.9 trillion dollar... Massive spending bill that helped cause all this inflation and other spending bills. There was no requirement that any locality or state spend one penny on cops. None. None. And yet he pretends otherwise. It seems to me if you really meant to do it in the bill, you should have said it, but he didn't. And so now it's the Republicans who wanted to defund the police. Do you believe this, ladies and gentlemen? Now, he might think this is a cool trick because he's a stupid man and an old politician. But the fact of the matter is, Joe Biden has cost, in his party, many, many people their lives, their businesses, their safety. Many, many people. But look how cynical he is. Look how cynical he is. Now I want you to believe he's the pro-cop guy and that all these moderate Democrats out there, they're pro-cop too. But, of course, they're not. They just don't want to lose office. They want power. And you can see what they do when they have power with the FBI and so forth. Now, I wanted to bring up this point that I started last hour because I don't think we've been looking at this Hunter Biden thing the right way. The idea that Joe Biden, who's in Washington, what, 50 years? Almost half a century. That he didn't know what his son was doing. That he didn't know his son was using his office in the Senate as vice president. Who was flying with him on certain missions to various countries. Who was... Spending money to fix his homes. Who was offering, if not giving him, 10% of what he took. Calling him the big guy. Spilling his guts and his emails in that laptop. The idea that Joe Biden didn't know what Hunter Biden was doing. What James Biden was doing. And the rest of the crime family was doing is a lie that we've accepted, and we must not. This Mr. Magoo Act has to end. I know he's not 100% with it, but he's with it enough to know what he's doing. And he's a crook, in my view. And the media will say, can you prove that? The media, with billions of dollars in resources, they don't want to look under the sheets. They don't want to look under the rocks. They don't want to look. In fact, they help propel this fool where he is. Joe Biden knows exactly what his son was doing. He knew directly and he knew indirectly from people around him. Had to. Joe Biden brought his his drug addict son with him and trips to China, trips to Russia, trips to Ukraine. It's no accident. How could he not know? He saw how his son was living. Didn't he ask himself, how can my son afford these things? Why is it that he has a job with this Ukrainian company? Why is it that he received all this money from the communist Chinese military? How is it that he received all that money from the wife of the ex-mayor of Moscow? Joe Biden didn't know anything? Nothing at all? So Joe Biden is letting Hunter Biden take the heat. This is my view. And what the FBI should be doing, if they weren't so damn corrupt, and I can't tell you how it pains me to say it, but it's so obvious anymore, it's just the way it is. They should be pinching Hunter Biden, pinching James Biden, pinching all the family members to get to Joe. And Hunter should be in the same solitary confinement as Paul Manafort was in. Threatened the same way as Roger Stone was. That would be equal justice. But it's not going to happen. Where are the SWAT teams? With the Kerry family stepson? Where are the SWAT teams? With Pelosi's son? Where are the search warrants? Where's the FBI? Where are their documents? Their computers, their iPhones, where are they? Nowhere. Hunter Biden is the fall guy for his father. That's what's going on. He's the shiny object. He's irrelevant, except with the evidence that he has. It's the big guy, Mr. 10%. He's the mob boss. But for the big guy, Mr. 10%, there wouldn't be any Hunter Biden who acquired millions and millions of dollars or James Biden or any of the rest of that family. It was Joe. Joe made it all possible. Lunch bucket, Scranton Joe, is going to go to Independence Hall and talk about Democracy which he hates. Of course, it's Republicanism, but Joe doesn't know the difference, as it turns out today, between the Constitution and the Declaration. It doesn't matter. And as a footnote, why is he even going to Independence Hall? Well, those slave owners got together, not once, but twice, for the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Why is he going there to talk about democracy? When he hates all those men, at least he used to. Five minutes ago, before he loved them, 50 years ago. Ah, Hunter's the fall guy. He's the front guy. So Joe can say he doesn't know anything, when we know he knows everything. We've gotten a little peek into that, right? With the audio tape of the phone call. New York Times, I think you're in the clear now. You're in the clear now. Who talks like that? Mobsters talk like that. Gang members talk like that. think you're in the clear now. You're in the clear. Do you say that to your son, anybody out there? I've never said it to mine. Hey, I think we're in the clear. think you're in the clear. Unless you've done something wrong, right? Joe Biden is the kingpin. It's him. He's the crook. He figured out how to enrich the family. He knew he'd have a... a bunch of suckers in the media who would pretty much go along with him. You can't expect Maggot Haberman to write anything. Or Philip Bump. Or Sarah Rump. Or whatever. I'll be right back.
2: Mark Lubin.
0: Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer one month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network. For just 30 bucks a month, plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and get one month free. Let me show you how this works. This is from PJ Media, Athena Thorne, Obama-era Tea Party targeter, appointed to create IRS office overseeing 87,000 new agents. Nicole Flax worked under Lois Lerner in the Obama administration, IRS, while the agency infamously targeted conservative political organizations such as the Tea Party by slow walking and suppressing their tax-exempt applications. You know how we first learned about this, Mr. Producer? It came over the Transmit Landmark Legal Foundation when I was president there. Remember that? Somebody said, Look at what they're doing. The IRS is sending to us. So we immediately filed papers with the Inspector General of the Treasury Department, the Commissioner of the IRS, the Secretary of Treasury, and helped blow this thing wide open. She was also one of seven executives whose hard drives mysteriously self-destructed, preventing House investigators from viewing her emails. Now, the career IRS executive has been tapped to establish a new centralized office in charge of implementing the Democrats' latest tax and spending bill, including oversight of the 87,000 new IRS agents the bill authorizes. IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick sent an agency-wide email on August 19, writing, This is a historic time for the IRS. We're working to move quickly to begin work on the Inflation Reduction Act signed into law earlier this week. He then announced the new department. A key part of our efforts will be the creation of a new centralized office for implementation of all IRS-related provisions, building off our successes implementing other major legislative bills, the IRA 2022 Transformation and Implementation Office will work across the IRS and oversee our implementation efforts. And then he revealed that Nicole Flax, currently Deputy Commissioner in charge of the Large Business and International Division, will be tasked with building the new centralized office. Lois Lerner's right hand hack. We have a unique, once-in-a-generation opportunity to transform the IRS in a way to help taxpayers and fundamentally improve our tax administration work that is vital to the success of our country, wrote his email. And he quoted Flax as saying, this is an exciting opportunity. We'll be moving quickly with our work. Turns out Flax has been with the IRS since way back in the Obama days. Art Moore and WND reminds us that in May 2014, The Treasury Department's Inspector General for Tax Administration concluded in a report that the IRS delayed the processing of applications for tax-exempt status by certain conservative groups and sought private information that was later deemed unnecessary. The Eric Holder, a.k.a. Obama's wingman Justice Department, spent two years investigating the head of the Exempt Organizations Division, Lois Lerner, before deciding, you'll never believe it, not to bring any charges. Moore directs us to a contemporaneous article by journalist and former swamp creature Jeff Bergner in a historic footnote rendered all the more galling by the recent jackbooted raid of former President Trump's home and search of missing documents. Moore wrote, the computer hard drive of former IRS employee Lois Lerner, she who refused to testify so as not to incriminate herself about targeting conservative political groups, crashed. It seems, too, that the IRS has no way to retrieve her email exchanges with other government entities, though it could ask those entities for cooperation because there's no backup system. Less well known is the apparently six other IRS computer hard drives crashed in exactly the same time frame. Every one of these belonged to an IRS employee in Cincinnati's tax-exempt officer at headquarters in Washington. Each of these six other employees played a role in targeting Tea Party groups. And one of the missing computer hard drives belonged to Nicole Flax, chief of staff to the then commissioner of the IRS. And by the way, she visited the White House no fewer than 31 times during the period the Tea Party was targeted between 2010 and 2012. The Daily Caller also reported in 2014 on a secretive program, Learner and Flax, set up which they collected information from conservative groups, Lois Lerner spoke at a 2010 government conference where Lerner's underling, Nicole Flax, announced the new IRS program scrutinizing groups applying for a tax-exempt status. And this is what came over the transom to landmark. Both Lerner and Flax experienced computer crashes that led to the permanent deletion of their emails, according to the IRS, and it goes on. In a functioning government, someone like Flax would have been canned maybe even prosecuted for apparent politicization and abuse of authority. In a Democrat-run swamp, she's given more power to harass and suppress political opposition. Excuse me. We're well beyond the issue of political targeting by a powerful but supposedly neutral government agency, wrote Bergner back in 2014. We're in a massive political cover-up. Which hints strongly at destruction of records and obstruction of justice. It's no wonder the American public's confidence in government is at an all-time low. And he was correct in 2014, and now look at it. But Donald Trump took documents with him. Here the IRS, multiple employees destroyed documents. Or coincidentally, they were destroyed for them. And Now, Ms. Flax is going to head up the the organizing, and I guess, the distribution of 87,000 new IRS agents. This is how the Democrats were, ladies and gentlemen. One of the people, the 51 phonies, national security and defense types, who signed on to the letter slash petition, made it very public that Hunter Biden's laptop was obviously a Russian plant. Was obviously a Russian plant uh, or dirty trick before the election he will be going to a top intelligence position in the Biden administration that's how it works you know people think Donald Trump is paranoid he's a conspiracy theorist and most of these people are in the media of the Left they're never Trumpers disgruntled former employees no, Trump is right about virtually everything he surmises, in it, and his expectations are right. This is not just some well-functioning government and so forth. It's out of control. I'll be right back. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network. For just 30 bucks a month, plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code LEVINPODCAST for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N PODCAST. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk, money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and get one month free. Mark Levin, making conservatism
2: great again.
0: Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, this guy Fetterman, the Lurchian figure... Who wants to be a senator is as radical as they come, hard, hard Marxist. The people of Pennsylvania are not that way, so he's now he's trying to pretend to be a moderate. Uh, he also said that the people of color are less likely to have a voter ID because they're poorer. Now this guy grew up with a platinum spoon in his big mouth. He didn't stop living off mommy and daddy till he was 50 years old. 50. But he knows all about the inner city. He knows all about minorities. And, you know, you minorities out there, you can't possibly be expected to have an ID. Driver's license. None of you have cars. None of you have driver's license. None of you have identification of any kind. You're just... Poor minorities who don't know any better, you see. And this is how the radical left, lily white Democrats look at you folks. Look at all of you folks, all of us, but particularly minorities. I'm not kidding. Malcolm X pointed it out. You know who reminded me of that? Stephen A. Smith at one point a couple years back. And it's true. And uh, it's true today as it was every day. And so Biden endorsed this guy for the Senate, as you can imagine, because he's a Democrat. Democrat, that's all that matters. And uh, this guy talked about at least one-third of the prisoners in Pennsylvania's prison should be released. One-third. One-third. That's the kind of person that's actually running for the Senate of Pennsylvania. So they're trying to pretend he's something that he isn't. This is what they do. We've talked about this before. If you're of this ideology, you have to lie. You have to lie. You lie in order to get votes. You lie in order to stay in power, you lie in order to expand your power, because your ideology is, it's an impossible ideology, it can't work and it never does. And it never does. Now, I want to talk briefly about Gorbachev. Of course, I'm reading in the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and elsewhere that it was Gorbachev who ended the Cold War. Was Gorbachev. This is another effort to rewrite history and to smear Reagan by omission. And that's pretty much what they're doing. Was Gorbachev a different kind of leader? Yes, absolutely, he was. He absolutely was. As a matter of fact, he had nothing but contempt for Putin. So all you Putinoids out there in the media and in the two political parties keep coming to this defense, you're defending a Stalinist mass murder. Do you even know that? They keep trashing Ukraine like Ukraine's done something to somebody. Ukraine hasn't done anything to anybody. They don't even have nuclear missiles. They agreed to surrender those in 1994 when Yeltsin and Clinton and whoever was in Britain agreed that if they give up the nukes and give them back to Russia, Mother Russia, that they will help protect Ukraine's borders. And now you see what happened. So those who continue to defend Putin obviously have their own fascistic or tyrannical tendencies, because why would you? Why would you? But let's go on here. It says here in this long piece, The New York Slimes. When he took office in 1985, Gorbachev said he felt it was a shame that a nation so richly endowed, so brimming with natural resources and human talent endowed by God was living so purely, poorly, poorly, compared with the developed countries of the world, talking about the Soviet Union. He blamed the Soviet command system and ideology, and he blamed the terrible burden of the arms race, quote-unquote. Soviet people had, quote, reached the limits of endurance, he said. All attempts at partial reform, and there were many, he said, failed, one after another. The country was losing its future. We could not go on living like this. Everything had to be drastically changed, he said. In the years after the Soviet collapse, Gorbachev worked out of a foundation he established in Moscow. He was celebrated as a hero by many foreign audiences and frequently appeared abroad as a champion of environmental causes. But at home, he was regarded as a has-been during the 1990s, the raucous years of change under Yeltsin. Gorbachev remained bitter about Yeltsin's role in the Soviet collapse, but there was little he could do. When Mr. Gorbachev ran for president in 1996, he got 0.51% of the vote, less than 1%. Reza, his wife, died in 1999 and at her funeral, looking drawn and stricken, Gorbachev leaned over her open casket, placed a kiss on her forehead. Mr. Gorbachev remained on the sidelines in the early years of Vladimir Putin's rule, but in later years, he spoke out with increasingly sharp words. But the democratic reversals under Putin, who recreated a political system largely dominated by one party, suppressed press freedoms, choked civil society groups. At the time of his 80th birthday, 11 years ago, in 2011, he said Putin had built a sham democracy. He said, "We have everything a parliament, courts, a president, prime minister and so on, but it's more of an imitation." Mr. Gorbachev also witnessed the collapse of the signature arms control agreement he signed with Reagan, the INF Treaty. And that's because Russia kept violating it, so Trump said, that's enough, we have to pull out of it. In 2018, Gorbachev wrote that both nations must persevere to control nuclear weapons and avert a new arms race, which he acknowledged was already underway. Quote, faced with this dire threat to peace, we are not helpless, he declared. We must not resign, we must not surrender. And near the end, with this invasion into Ukraine, he had nothing but contempt for Putin. Nothing but contempt. And yet we have Putinoids in our own country. While they're too gutless to admit that they support Putin, too gutless to openly celebrate Putin. They do it in their own devious way. In their own devious way. Putin is threatening our country. It's not because of us, it's because of him. It's a very strange argument that takes place. And I'll lose some of you on this, so be it. But it's very strange. The argument is you either despise Biden or you despise Putin. You can't despise both. But I do despise both. I think Biden is destroying America from within and Putin is a grave threat. I mean, after all, how many dictators threaten to shoot nuclear weapons at our country? Not a lot, and he's done it at least three times now, maybe four. Well, that's because we, now you sound like a leftist, because we what? Because we're helping an ally. But it's very weird. It's not one or the other. You can despise both. You can also want to secure our border, and at the same time, support the Ukrainians, who believe in their own sovereignty. It's not one or the other. You can also support a much more careful allocation of our resources in support of Ukraine than's taking place by the Democrat Congress and Biden, without opposing all support. But these phony juxtapositions are always fed to us. What? We can't even secure our own border. We're going to help them secure theirs. Okay, so condemn Biden for that. Don't condemn the people of Ukraine. They have no say in any of it. Anyway, a rather long footnote. Today marks a year since we surrendered in Afghanistan, a year and a day since those 13 wonderful Americans were slaughtered there. And God knows how many American citizens and American allies. And the women there are treated like trash. And yet, Joe Biden holds his, his base together, many of whom are women, but cannot be called women because we don't call women women anymore, right? In the upside world of Joe Biden, one of the greatest disgraces in American history, he's about to give the Iranians nuclear weapons. One of the greatest disgraces in American history. He sent all the wrong signals to Communist China. One of the greatest disgraces in American history. I find myself, every time I wake up in the morning, there's something else. And when we say the sky is falling, we're not Chicken Little. We're serious. It's falling. I'll be right back. love Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer one month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network. For just 30 bucks a month, plus get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and get one month free. The Soviet Union fell. Because Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, Helmut Kohl, and John Paul II all worked together in their own way. Reagan built up the United States military massively. The Russians couldn't keep up with the Soviets. He also introduced Star Wars. Israel calls it the Iron Dome. Now we call Patriot missiles here. He was mocked. The Strategic Defense Initiative. That's why they called it Star Wars. He was mocked. Our folks are always mocked. And yet we have great ideas. And we believe in liberty. And you know, I remember Joe Biden was a senator when Ronald Reagan was president. And we all thought Joe Biden was quite the putz. Very stupid man. Attorney General Meese, with whom I work. When Biden was always spearheading the character assassination against people with his buddy, Teddy Kennedy, he was always considered one of the dumbest, most loathsome members of the U.S. Senate. At least by us, he was. But it was Reagan Thatcher who led the way It was strength, it was deterrence. Reagan disagreed with Kissinger. Kissinger believed in detente. That was his whole thing. Reagan believed in victory. And the Soviet Union, as the old saying goes, was destroyed. Without a single bullet being fired at each other. But Reagan took them on in these different satellite areas. In Angola. In Nicaragua. In Afghanistan. In the Middle East. He didn't go on and on about endless wars. Some wars go on a long time, some don't. It's a funny thing, sometimes we don't get to choose. He could have said that, Soviet Union would still be here, all powerful, in addition to communist China. He could have said these things, but he didn't. And very interestingly, Donald Trump's foreign policy looked an awful lot like Ronald Reagan's. Trump was not an isolationist. He was not. I know. I spoke to him. He didn't believe in these Bush-Cheney-Clinton wars, that's for sure. But he was not an isolationist sort of a common-sense conservatism. And he did, he did believe in peace through strength, not peace through appeasement and ignorance. Joe Biden, at Wilkes University in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania today. Cut 20, go.
3: Just remember who in God's name we are. I really mean it. What our values are. What we believe. We, the people, That's how our constitution starts, the declaration. We the people.
0: We the people. He keeps pushing for centralized government. What does he mean, we the people? First of all, he thinks half the people are not even legitimate. He's trying to now... let Let me expand on this next hour. The dehumanization of conservatives, of Trump supporters, of Republicans, That's what becomes dangerous. That's where violence steps in. That's what's happened all over the world where you see the slaughter of one group against another. And that's exactly what Biden's doing. Dehumanizing. At least half the country. I'll be right back. Having peace of mind and staying on budget feels pretty good. But if there's one thing you can expect this year, it's the unexpected. But if you're a member of American Home Shield... You know your budget, your time, and let's be honest, your sanity are covered. American Home Shield offers three great plans that help cover the cost to repair or replace parts of major home systems and appliances, no matter their age. Just choose yours. I've been blindsided by expensive repairs. It's a huge hassle, a waste of time and money. But American Home Shield is the answer. Keep your home up and running and budget on track with American Home Shield. And right now, my listeners... Can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. All right, here's what you do. Go to ahs.com slash Levin, and you'll save $50. That's ahs.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N. Get $50 off any plan. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. That's American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield.
2: He's
1: here.
0: He's here. The dehumanization of your opponents, which is extraordinarily dangerous. This is what regimes do, totalitarian regimes. They dehumanize their opponents. This is what Biden, again, a street thug, sleazeball politician, that's he's ever been, it's always ever will be. That's what the history books will say. If they tell the truth. He's trying to dehumanize Republicans, dehumanize people who serve in state legislatures, dehumanize President Trump, dehumanize Trump supporters, dehumanize DeSantis. That's what he does. If you're a semi-fascist, you've been dehumanized. Now he's not a commentator, he's not a political operative, he's the president. He's the President of the United States. And he's playing with fire. They can attack Lindsey Graham all they want. People don't like being treated this way. Not by the President, not by the authorities. Not by the people who rule over them. So this issue of dehumanization is a big deal. And he's going to stand there at Independence Hall... And read the Declaration. It's all about humanity, individual, God-given rights, unalienable rights. And he's going to go up there and he's going to say, our opponents. But of course I don't mean all Republicans. I don't mean all conservatives. Just the people who voted against me. Just the people who disagree with me. Just the people who aren't criticizing January 6th. I don't know how much more we can criticize... The people who did damage on January 6th, the difference is we separate them from the people who did not. They don't want you to believe that. Because they don't believe in the individual. Again, they're trying to dehumanize everybody who was at that protest to have a scarlet letter on them. That's what they want, to send a signal. And all this targeting of Trump, again, to send a signal... Dehumanization is a big deal. And that's what genocidal regimes do. Jews aren't human beings. They're just not. Or at one time, blacks aren't human beings. In some parts of the world, it's still treated that way. They're still treated that way. Or... For the Taliban, women aren't human beings. And so it justifies, in their minds, all kinds of horrendous, inhuman acts. And so when a political leader of this country talks, you never would have heard Ronald Reagan say anything like that, ever. Trump never said anything like this, ever. Am I right, Maggot Haberman? Philly Bump, Sarah Rump, and the rest of the gaggle. So what Biden is doing is horrendous. But he doesn't know any better. He's a thoroughly stupid human being. He really is. Always has been. We're going to have Adam Laxalt on the program shortly. He's running for the Senate in Nevada. very, very important seat, as we will have others on the program Throughout the course of this election cycle, 10 facts electric vehicle advocates don't want you to know. Mark Tapscott, PJ Media, great site. There are a host of reasons why the left is absolutely determined to force Americans out of their privately owned gasoline powered cars and trucks into unreliable public transportation and costly electric vehicles, EVs, none of which have to do with saving the environment. The central reason the left loves EVs is that the process of forcing Americans to convert to electric-powered transportation will destroy forever. The incredible freedom and prosperity associated were privately-owned gas-powered vehicles. The future instead will be centrally controlled, we talked about this, by rich elites... And they're corrupt politicians, power-hungry bureaucrats, and ideologically driven experts. When Ransom Olds in 1901 and Henry Ford in 1908 sold America's first mass-produced automobiles, they launched America toward becoming the world's first open-road society. It took a couple of decades, or as Kennedy would say, decades. But by the 1930s, car ownership was virtually a middle-class staple, and that meant for millions of Americans the freedom to go wherever you wanted to go when they chose to do so without getting prior permission from the government. It's no exaggeration to say one of the chief factors in America growing out of the Depression was the ability of millions of Americans to buy new and used vehicles, cars, and trucks. The St. Louis Federal Reserve put it this way in September 1935 in the middle of the Great Depression. That the first six months of 1935, companies and individuals purchased from motor vehicle dealers over one point four million new passenger cars, quarter of a million trucks, paying for these vehicles, they some estimated at approximately one point four six billion. The first half year registrations were forty-four percent greater in nineteen thirty five than during the corresponding period of last year, while the increase over the same six months was one hundred and twenty one percent. So in other words, the rise of the privately owned gas powered automobile also generated booming industries that to this day provide millions of good jobs, financial stability, and personal income growth that are foundational to the American economy. Now, those things will be lost in California's plan to ban the sale of all gas-powered vehicles by 2035. It'll be lost in the country if it becomes a national policy. There's so much incredibly wrong-headed about this, if not either outright dishonest or stupid with the drive to force Americans into EVs. For example, as experts at PowerTheFuture.com point out, here are five, excuse me, here are ten facts about EVs the left doesn't want Americans to know. Number one, they're powered by fossil fuels. According to the U.S. Energy Information Agency, fossil-fueled-based power plants, coal, oil, natural gas, we talked about this, create about 60% of the nation's electrical grid. With nuclear power, it for nearly 20%. That's 80%. Number two, the batteries of VBs rely on cobalt, an estimated 70% of the global supply of cobalt emanates from the Congo, a country with deplorable working conditions, especially for children. We've pointed that out, and it's 100% controlled by the communist Chinese. Number three, a study released earlier this year by an environmental group showed that nearly one-third of San Francisco's electric charging stations don't work. The population of San Francisco represents roughly 2% of California. Number four, supporters of the California law admit there will be a 40% increase in demand for electricity, adding further strain to the grid and requiring increased costs for power and infrastructure. Ladies and gentlemen, they're already having brownouts and blackouts in California. Number five, according to one researcher, the strain of adding the EV is similar to adding one or two air conditioners to your home except an EV requires power year around, all year-round. Number six, today 20 million American families, or one in six, have fallen behind on their electric bills, the highest amount ever. Number seven, utility companies will need to add $5,800 in upgrades for every new EV for the next eight years in order to compensate for the demand for power. All customers will shoulder this cost. Number eight, the average price for an electric vehicle is currently sixty six thousand dollars, more than thirteen percent just since last year, costing an average of eighteen thousand dollars more than the average combustible engine. Meanwhile, the medium household income is sixty seven thousand dollars. For African American families, the average is forty six thousand. For Hispanic households fifty five thousand. Where are you gonna get the money? Number nine, a 2022 study found that a majority of EV charging occurs at home, leaving those who live in multifamily dwellings like apartments at a real disadvantage for charging. I mentioned that. What are you going to do in New York City and these other big cities? And number 10, the same study also noted that many drivers charge their EVs overnight when solar power is less available on the grid. There are many more facts about EVs you will never hear spoken by the left politicians, including Biden and Schumer and Pelosi and the national and state leadership of the Democrat Party. Neither will you hear any of these facts, except when they're being misrepresented and distorted by phony fact-checkers in college classrooms, the mainstream media, even representatives of the big three automakers who fear getting on the wrong side of government. Oh, and by the way, guess who's laughing their keisters off as America heads into the left's EV future, knowing they control so much of the equipment, materials, and technology necessary for batteries, That's giving them a chokehold on our economy. Can you spell China? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Well, it's a pleasure to have our buddy Adam Laxalt on the program again. He's running for the Senate. In the state of Nevada. Adam, how are you, sir?
3: Hey, we're, we're rocking and rolling. We're fighting a good fight out here, Mark.
0: Well, it's a tight state. Tell us, tell us how you're uh, fighting this battle in your state.
3: Well, look, I have to remind people that Donald Trump lost by two points and uh, we're a ra- in 2020, we're a razor thin swing state. And there's no question that, that Biden has actually tanked this country in the last few years. He's been as low as thirty-one percent in my state, and so except for the uh, you know Houdini action that my opponent, Senator Cortez Masto, is trying to do, pretend like she doesn't know the guy. At the end of the day, she's voted with him nearly a hundred percent of the time. And uh, while the media hasn't covered it, uh, there was an interesting story about uh, her husband uh, being very close to Hunter Biden. He's a former federal law enforcement and. Uh, he got paid some money from 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 president biden uh, before he was president so of course we can't get the media to dig into this thing but uh you know the the truth will come out she can't hide from biden for the next 70 days Uh
0: honestly i i think we on this program the audience we follow what goes on in this country very closely for the life of me i don't know what the hell your senator has ever done do you
3: yeah, look, this is, this is the whole thing. I mean, she's been in office for her entire life. Uh, she's the classic example going into government and climbing all the way up the ladder. Eight years as a G a full term in the U S Senate, no accomplishments. Um, and then, you know, this year, she's trying to pretend like she supports the police and she's fought against human trafficking. You know, I had to listen to Joe Biden today. Uh, Pretend like uh, their party doesn't stand for going after the police, which guys like you and I have been defending the police over the last few years. Uh, But these Democrats know that it's lethal for them and they'll do and say whatever it takes to win elections. It's disgusting. And I certainly hope voters won't put up for it, put up with it in November.
0: Have you noticed, Adam Laxol, that these Democrats and they're all hard left, they're not moderate, they're all hard left. They lie and lie and lie over again to try and conceal what they really stand for and voted for. She is a 100 percent vote for Schumer of New York, a 100 percent vote for Pelosi of San Francisco, 100 percent vote for one of the worst presidents in American history. And then she runs around your state acting like she knows nothing about it.
3: Well, this is the playbook. And uh, thanks to the media, They, they, they get they largely get away with it. No one holds them accountable. Uh, but but the bottom line is she said what she said. She said that she supported BLM. She said that, you know, cops were systemically racist and they needed to be reformed. And now she's running these, you know, commercials, you know, handing out, handing out money to law enforcement. And so, you know, the bottom line is all the major law enforcement in the state, they had endorsed her in 16. They flipped to me uh, and they're supporting me in this race. The Border Patrol has endorsed my race for the first time in history that we've even been in a situation where you need the Border Patrol involved in a U.S. Senate race in Nevada. But they understand that I'm going to be strong on the border. I visited the border, Mark, three weeks ago. I beat the sitting incumbent senator to the border, and we know she's not going to go to the border anytime soon. But uh, these are the big issues we face And uh, look, in the end of the day, I think our voters know they've got a former Navy and Iraq veteran. They've got a former fighting conservative attorney general that's that's ready to go to work to try to save our country.
0: And the people in Nevada, these are hardworking people. You have a large working class uh, population there. I assume they're paying a lot more for gasoline than they did uh, 20 months ago. I assume they're paying a lot more for everything than they were 20 months ago. I mean, let's be honest, Nevada's... Not completely, but largely a desert. So much stuff is imported into that state, so it's got to be going sky high, no?
3: Oh, yeah. Well, we're number two in gas. Uh, we're, we're, we're at nearly $5, despite, uh, you know, the, the, the Biden using our reserves to, to try to save his election. And um, inflation is at 15% in Las Vegas, which which amounts to about 10000 a year tax on the Badens. Uh I'm I'm sure you've well covered the ground of this 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 student loan bailout, which will cost our taxpayers another two thousand a year, of which over eighty percent of Nevadans have no student loans. So um look there there's there's a lot of reasons people have the turnout. Of course people are upset with weaponizing the FBI and what you saw with President Trump and, and the raid uh two, three weeks ago now. And so, uh, look, I think people are going to be there. People understand that this is a change election. And in the end of the day, you know, how can she outrun her voting record? How can she outrun the most unpopular president in the history of our state? No president has ever been sat at 31% like Joe Biden.
0: And she is a a foot soldier for Biden. Did she not vote for 87,000 new IRS agents? (laughs)
3: <laughs> exactly you know if she was this great moderate then you know maybe you could count on her breaking with joe Matt Manchin once in a while but no one has ever heard of her name which means that's because she never breaks on the big bills and she voted for the quote-unquote inflation reduction bill i don't think that was even a debate mark that didn't even take two seconds she's in the bank biden can always count on her chuck schumer, schumer can always count on her and this is the end of the day while we're going to win this race because people are fed up with the Democrats being in charge of this country.
0: You know, it's amazing to me, Adam Laxalt, and this is not just as applies to Nevada, but here you have a senator from Nevada who apparently votes in ways that are completely in the interests of the people of New York City. Now, don't get me wrong. I started in New York City. I love New York City. I love Nevada. I love going to Nevada. Uh, my grandmother lived there for years and years and some ants that's not the point my point is nevada is different than new york city just as you don't expect people in new york city to vote the same way as people in nevada necessarily but she votes a hundred percent with Schumer.
3: yeah look this is how they roll the democrats you know they talk one way but when it counts They support the liberal agenda, and the voters know that. And uh, over the next 70 days, we're going to make sure they don't forget it.
0: If people want to help you, where do they go?
3: AdamLaxalt.com. We've got millions of left-wing dollars pouring into our state.
0: All right, hold on a minute. Don't hang up yet. We'll be right back. All right, Adam Laxalt, I want to give you a minute to tell us what's happening with money out there and where people in this country can support you.
3: Yeah, look, people need to understand that uh, this cycle is the craziest cycle. Everyone's probably heard of Act Blue by now, but these Democrats have unlimited small dollars, and they're pouring it into my race. They know that she's in trouble. She's been stuck in the low 40s. And every single dollar has been going on TV and just attacking me day after day. And I'm talking 50 million negative impressions in the last 30 days, Mark, against me in my state. All bought, 93% from New York and California, small-dollar donors. And so, um, look, the good news is, so far, it's not moving the numbers. Um, But, you know, in the end of the day, our folks, our grassroots have to step up to try to match theirs even though i know everybody's hurting out there i know inflation is real and it's hitting our voters a lot more than it's hitting their donors that's for sure and so but uh if we want to save our country we want to flip the u.s senate you know hoping people can do 25 dollars 50 dollars whatever they can do we need an army of support from across america to try to help even the scales
0: so where do people go
3: That's at AdamLaxalt.com, L-A-X-A-L-T, AdamLaxalt.com.
0: AdamLaxalt.com, Mr. Producer. Please put that on all of our social platforms, and good luck to you, my friend. You'd be a great senator, that's for sure.
3: Thank you so much, Mark. We'll talk soon. All
0: right. You too. God bless. All right, Mr. Producer, uh, my call screen is not up. Do you have a uh, suggestion? Right, WBAP, Aaron, in Dallas, Texas. How are you, Mark? I'm so happy to talk to you.
1: You are Thank a you. national treasure. I listen to you every night, including your Sunday shows. I've read mostly books, and I mostly want to tell you that you have the best taste in music. Thank I you. I mean, I'm about the same age as you are, and and yeah. you know, I remember all this music from when I grew up, and it always makes me so happy. Me but too. The reason I called. I know I can tell I hear it in your voice, yes. and um I picture you dancing in your ha- I picture you dancing in the, <laughs> dancing in the bunker at,
4: at any yeah. rate,
1: I want to talk about Joe Biden. um yes. I believe this man is truly evil with absolutely mm-hmm. no moral compass, and I think he grieves his you. family members, including his children, and mm-hmm. I'm speaking specifically about his children, Ashley and Hunter. I believe they are so damaged and that their actions are cries cries for help. I'm an alcoholic, I'm in my 28th year of sobriety, and a Mm -hmm. conservative friend of mine texted me this weekend and mentioned Ashley Biden's diary that she'd left under her bed in a treatment house, and Mm -hmm. he said to me, he goes, of course it was her fourth and fifth step, and it was like, oh my god, that never occurred to me, and the fourth step in AA is where you take a moral inventory, you write down all your resentments, all your fears, and all the ways you've acted out sexually. It's a very, very intense and very personal inventory mm-hmm. that you share with another person. You do not leave that under your bed. Okay. I can tell you I have heard so many fifth steps in my in you know a sponsoring other women. Most people burn theirs. they don't mm-hmm. want it found. for somebody to leave that under bed in the first place, what my friend was saying to me, that was tr- whatever she wrote in there was true. People do not. I mean, I have never had somebody make up something no, about. No, and she's writing abuse. to
0: herself. So why would she lie to herself?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And and, I, and I by
0: the way, notice like, how notice how the corrupt media don't care what she said about showering with her father and how she thinks that affected her. I mean, that's
1: sick. Absolutely, and it is so sick. It is so sick. And think about you know. I mean, what I, my friend was saying to me is like. You know, people that are sexually abused act out sexually, and I do believe I heard somewhere that she was boy cra- talked about being boy crazy. Yes, and yes. And you know what else? I thought, what about Hunter Biden?
0: Another one who's sex crazy. Oh no, you're God. right. Oh. Both addict, both addicts, both sex crazy, and and nobody ever. Que- you don't see that with the Trump children, and all they do is attack the Trump children. They're all. Decent, good kids. They all work for a living. Whoa, oh, look at that! I don't care. Look at Biden's kids and their daddy. And uh, just look how th- the two families came out completely different. You're right. Well, Aaron, thank you. It's great to hear from you. I appreciate it very, very much. Let's keep going. I've got it. I've got it, Mister Producer. It's right in front of me. I called it. I pulled it back. Margot. Boo Ridge. Is it Boo Ridge, Illinois, XM satellite? Burr, Burr, Burr Ridge,
4: Illinois. Yes. Oh, yes. thank you, Mark, for all you do. I I I'm so happy to talk to you. Thank well, you. Tonight, so I heard you referring to Biden as Mr. Ten Percent. And mm-hmm. I just have to tell you, um there's a better name for him. There's already been somebody named Mr. Keep it clean percent. And that was mm.
2: the
4: <laughs> And that was the husband of Benazir Bhutto when she was prime minister of Pakistan. The entire country he was grifting so much that the entire citizenry referred to him as Mr. Ten Percent because it said he was grifting ten percent of every piece of business, yes, that went on in Pakistan. I believe I read that in the Wall Street Journal years ago. Then it it must be true. Yes. We've got we've got a global grifter working out of the White House right now. I mean, he is drifting uh-huh. on a global scale, so he needs to be called President 10%. There and you go. that name. And, and, of course, the stupid Democrats are going to think that we're referring to him as President 10% because he's got 10% of the, you know, the, the IQ of a normal person or 10% of the people <laughs> in this country actually voted for him. But we'll know it's because he's drifting 10% off the whole world. And, and I hope he's the only president that ever does this, because it's
0: disgusting. All right, Margo. Thank you for your call. Let's go to John Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead.
3: Good, good evening, um, Mr. Levin. Yes, sir. I wanted to talk about when you said, mentioned about these electric vehicles to push for them. One of the things that's not mentioned is how that is going to hurt gig drivers. So drivers who drive Lyft, Uber, Food DoorDash, all these other all these things. Now those things are a revolution to people who are looking to try to make a little bit extra money. I'll be honest with you, I am a rideshare driver. I make about a thousand dollars a week holding people around, preventing drunk driving. But the thing is to push for electric
0: vehicles that's How money the hell are you to- gonna you gotta, how are you going to charge up this car all the time? You're, you make a great point. You drive a lot every week. It's going to cost you a fortune in electricity. It's going to be utterly inconvenient. You know, when you go to a gas station, what's it take? Three, four, five, ten, six minutes to fill up your car? It takes an hour to recharge your car. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Thing? If people want to do that, fine. Who cares? Absolutely. They do it voluntarily. Yes. Absolutely. All yeah. right, my friend. Thank you for your, your call. People, you see, economics is a funny thing. Market economics actually works. And so when you have people intervening because they think they have a better idea, that's great. As long as they do it voluntarily, it's in the market, people make decisions, it either works or doesn't. But when the government does it, the government does it by compulsion. It has different agendas. The agenda isn't to make life easier for you. The agenda isn't to do what's convenient for you. The agenda isn't to serve you. You're serving it. And when you have ideologues in power, you're serving their ideology. So it's never going to work right. It's never going to benefit you. It's not intended to. You're an outlier. And if you don't go along, you're worse than an outlier. Let's go to Scott Paducah, Kentucky, the great WVLK. Go.
3: Ah, yes, sir. I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and I was just wondering about electric trucks. Yeah. How are these electric trucks going to pull 45,000 pounds of freight up a mountain?
0: Honestly, they don't know yet. It beats me. It's so ridiculous. I have no idea. And by the way, they don't care because as they're getting rid of diesel fuel, which I assume is what you use. I mean, it's going to it's going to kill the trucking industry, which means kill our economy. I don't know how many more countries we have to look at to see how insane this is. So, folks, this is why it's important, Scott. You guys, you talk a lot truck drivers to each other. You all have families You travel the country, you're crucially important economically, but you're crucially important politically. Truck drivers are crucially important critically for getting the message out. You're an over-the-road truck driver. From sea to shining sea, we need your help. And I know, Scott, you're patriotic. All you guys and gals are patriotic. Whenever I go to a truck stop, people are wonderful to me. They come up to me, I feel like I'm right at home. Especially with the Burger King hamburger, by the way, Scott, which I'm not allowed to eat anymore. All right, my brother, you be safe out there. You're quite right. I want each and every one of you to be thinking about this in your own life. Forget about the big picture now. In your own life, how will this affect you? How will this affect you? If you have to buy a car, it starts at $66,000. And when everybody's being compelled to buy one, the price is going to skyrocket. It's like college tuition. Is that what you want to do? Don't you want to buy, perhaps, a used car that uses gasoline? What about the inconvenience? What about the cost of electricity? What about brownouts and blackouts? What if you live in a condo building? How's this going to work exactly? Or an apartment building, or a a townhouse complex. Everybody going to have a charger in front of their house? No, you're not. How's this supposed to work exactly? They have no idea. I'll be right back. Mark Lubin. A lot of whistleblowers are attacking Republican, attacking, contacting Republican members of the House and the Senate. Whistleblowers, particularly at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Merrick Garland just put out a message to everyone at the Department of Justice, ordering that no one may contact Congress. That's what I'm hearing, and I don't have first-hand evidence. Why didn't he order a similar gag on the inappropriate and illegal Justice Department leaks to the media? as Mike Davis points out on Twitter. I want to know if there's a leak investigation going on. But I would encourage whistleblowers, you keep coming forward. You're protected under federal law. We cannot allow this this behavior from this rogue attorney general on behalf of this rogue administration to win the day. I know there are patriots, patriots at the FBI. They need to come out now. It's time. Time is up. It's time. Apparently not enough, but we still need as many as possible. He can't stop you from whistleblowing. Uh, I mean, they use that against uh, Trump, if you'll recall, and a phony whistleblower. By the way, Mark Tapscott was the one who wrote that article in PJ Media that I read about these 10 things that are destructive about these electric vehicles. And there's many more, of course. Did you know that we celebrate Labor Day to recognize the many contributions workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being? Joe Biden pretends he supports the workers of America. He's taxing you. He's driving up your cost of food. He's driving up your cost of fuel. He's trying to take your, your gas combustion engine car and truck away from you. Joe Biden is bought and paid for by the communist Chinese regime, and he's bought and paid for by the left-wing liberals in his party. He can use all the Marxist claptrap he wants. Those who back him are them. And he uses these Marxist ideas, which is to, you know, to uh, smear the people he disagrees with, Saul tactics, he uses uh, other Marxist tactics to overwhelm the system as we know. He embraces the various Marxist extremists and their agendas and he pretends to be for the working guy, folks. He's never been for the working man or woman. He's never been one. Lunchbucket Joe. That's a characterization he gave to himself. Scranton Joe. I've spent more time in Scranton than he has. I'm from Pennsylvania, yes. I've spent more time at Pennsylvania than he has. He's not Scranton Joe, and he's not Lunch Bucket Joe. He's a schmuck. All right, let's go. Earl, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go, Earl.
3: Thanks, Mark, for having me on. Um, You and other... People have been criticizing electric cars, but no one's bringing up this one dirty little secret about electric cars. The selling point for electric cars is that they're cheaper to fuel than they are for gasoline-powered vehicles. Well, the reason for that is there's a highway tax applied to every gallon of gasoline. Now, if Resident Joe snaps his fingers and gets rid of all gasoline-powered vehicles, where's the government going to get that money? They're going to start Mm. putting meters on all public charging stations, and they're probably going to put a meter on all home charging stations. Worst case scenario, they're just going to put a surcharge on all electric bills.
0: Now, this is a good point. I didn't talk about meters, but I said they're going to be able to control how much fuel you use and tax it. I said this last week and limit it. They're going to have complete control over your mobility and mobility is freedom. How many times do you just take a nice drive into the country or, or to another city or something? Well, they're going to know all this and they'll decide if you should or shouldn't. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers out there, and the men and women in Ukraine and Taiwan. We've not forgotten about you here. And I want to thank each and every one of you patriots. God bless you.